You are tuned in to Lightworkers Lounge, tales of having a human experience in a spiritual world. It's another episode of Lightworkers Lounge. Hi, everybody. Ooh, today we're going to talk about stelliums. That's a really hot topic in astrology. People are curious about it. And a stellium is a fancy word for when there's three or more planets in the same house or sometimes in the same sign, not necessarily the house. It's a shot of energy. It's like when we astrologers pull up a birth chart, if we see a stellium, we automatically go, whoa, this person has a very specific purpose in this lifetime. Let's guide them towards it. So that's what we are going to talk about today. We're going to go through stelliums through the houses, not necessarily the signs. You will get more out of this podcast if you know what signs rule what house in your chart, but to keep things layman terms, we're just going to go through stelliums, clusters of planets through the houses, how you can use them and not let them use you because with great strong energy always comes the risk of it just overwhelming you. And I'm sure if you have a stellium in your chart, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Before we get started, I want to remind you guys to please, please, please leave a review wherever you're listening to the show. This is how we market Lightworkers Lounge. In a day and age where spirituality and astrology and self-help are becoming so saturated, if you really believe in my style of teaching, if you really believe in our community as Lightworkers Lounge, people who have our feet on the ground, head in the stars, people who work so hard to achieve our goals and dreams in the 3D while using a different dimension of spirituality, of kindness, of light, of optimism to achieve said dreams, share the show, share it with someone, share it on your newsfeed, share it by leaving a review. This helps get it pushed as recommended. And I got to tell you, you guys have listened. You've done those things because so many of my new clients, so many new listeners are like, when I ask, how did you find me? Like, this is random. And they're like, oh, you were on the recommended astrology podcast. And so I want to thank you as well for listening to this and actually doing it when I say, please help me out because it's working. So let's keep it up. Let's keep our Lightworkers Lounge community growing. You and me, we got this. You know, you can always book a birth chart reading with me at lightworkers-lounge.com. I would love to see you and read your chart. Um, You can read reviews from past clients. You can read my bio because it's one thing to hear me on the podcast. But when you invest so much time and money in a birth chart reading, you want to make sure you're getting a professional, serious service. So do suggest looking at my bio and my credentials just to arm yourself with knowledge before you invest in something like that. And before we dive in, I want I feel like it's a moral obligation as an astrologer, as someone who pumps so many podcast episodes out about this stuff, to remind you that while astrology is this amazing, sometimes addictive tool, that we need to take a break from it. There are times where I don't want you to read your horoscope every day. I don't want you to check what phase the moon is in. Right? It's good to look up and be like, ah, oh, it's in Scorpio. So if I'm feeling really depressive or just heavy today, that's why. Ah, oh, the moon's in Aries. Let me make sure I don't get reactive with people, but let me harness this energy. 
But sometimes your heart, mind, body, soul, with all these 3D things that we have to experience and go through as humans that we can't control, it's not going to work with the stars. And people who list, like people who listen to and read and research about all these spiritual modalities and self-help things, they're very sensitive people. They're typically people, and I'm speaking for myself, of course, too, who get lost. We get lost in life because we listen to the opinions and the beliefs of everyone around us, and we're perpetual people pleasers, and so we always want to keep the peace amongst people that we're surrounded by because anything other than peace in our direct energetic atmosphere just drowns us in the feels. And so I thought it would be a good PSA to just take a pause and remind you to take a break from astrology, to just go live to just do things that don't seem monumental, that don't seem like you're worth, don't have the fear of feeling like, well, I'm a Scorpio Venus, I need to do this. Well, I met someone really cool, but they got a cancer moon, so I don't know how that's going to work. To take a break from it at times. All of this self-help, self-introspection, all of this education is wonderful, but it is oh so important that you take a pause and break and go apply it out to your relationships, out to your friendships, your career, right? It's one thing to take it in. It's a whole other thing to just take a pause and take a break because it is a second language and it can be overwhelming sometimes. So with that said, I just wanted to remind you to take a pause and a break from not only just astrology stuff, but anything self-help and self-development because it, it can get really heavy if we just continuously say, well, my life isn't how I want it to look. Let me read this book. Well, I still have these moments of feeling, ugh, let me read or listen to another podcast. Let me just, it gets dangerous out there. It does. And so just wanted to remind you, it's this feeling I have that I couldn't not say in the next podcast episode to take a break to relax, to go grow a flower, to go garden, to go touch earth, to go do something that does not require any books, podcasts, self-help, self-discovery, to just go live. <sighs> All right, guys, let's talk about stelliums in the birth chart. Stelliums are a shot of energy in one area of life. It is when there's three or more planets in one house, making it so strong. I will never forget when I pulled up a chart. This was a couple years ago and it was an Aquarius woman, older woman. And when I pulled her chart up, she had every single planet in Aquarius in the 11th house of Aquarius. And I just double, triple, quadruple checked that I had the right info. And her birth time was something down to the minute, like 7.41 PM. So that's when you know, oh, this is accurate down to the minute like that. And I, it was her, it was her. And I was just covered in truth bumps. Like this is the rarest of the rare. And to this day, it is still probably the rarest stellium chart I've ever seen. And as soon as we connected on our call, I was just frothing to get to know her and ask her, how does this manifest in your life? And we connected and it looked like she was in an office of sorts. And I said, like, my jaw was just open. And I was like, what is it like to be you? I said, do you feel like an outcast or 
like nobody gets you or like the black sheep of the family or community. And she didn't say a word, any of my rambling of questions. She just tilted her laptop to show me this huge, like five foot by five foot portrait of a field of sheep and a one black sheep standing beyond the herd <laughs> by itself. And she was like, yep. <laughs> she had a freaking mural of being the black sheep in her office. And it was just one of those moments I'll never forget in the trajectory of my career. But Yes, she ended up being an incredible conversationalist and so many great stories with that stellium in the 11th house. But she is someone who is utilizing the empowered side of her Aquarius 11th house stellium saying, yeah, I'm the black sheep. I own it. I love it so much. I hang a plaque in my office to remind me that it's my strength, not something for me to cry over. So. Let's go through the stelliums. If you don't have one, that's okay. You probably know someone who does. I would say it's about 50-50 in terms of the rarity of having stelliums in charts. Half the people do, half people don't. Um, a lot of people freak out when they have stelliums because they're like, oh my gosh, I have all of my planets in one area of my chart, which means the rest of my chart looks really empty. Does that mean I'm not going to get married? Does that mean I won't have children? I won't be successful? And I'm like, no. Empty houses are a wonderful thing to have in your chart. It just means that that area of life, it won't be this amazing, celebratory, miraculous area, but it also won't be where you have difficulties, right? Like Because I read so many women, they look at their fifth house of children and they're like, it's empty. Will I never be a mom? And I say, no, that just means that when you, if you should choose to have kids, it, they're not like your purpose in this lifetime, but there's no pain with children. So there's no co-parenting. There could be no health issues in your children that really spin you out for a loop. It's just, it's, whatever you want to make it. It's a blank canvas. You get to decide how that house manifests in this lifetime. When we have a stellium in a house, this is like karma, your soul's way of saying, hey, you've got some cleaning up to do in this house. And guess what? When you do clean it up, you're going to become the master of it. People are going to go to you for this. You have a lot of strength in this house, but in order to develop strength, right? Think about working out the physical body. If you want to be so strong, what do you have to do? You got to get your butt to the gym all the time, repetitive, every day, work out, train those muscles, build them up. And not only that, you also have to, in the kitchen, eat well. You've got to be mentally disciplined to see your friends going out for fast food and cupcakes and say, God, that chocolate cupcake, that chocolate cupcake looks so good, but... I got to pass it up. I'm trying to build muscle. I really want to be strong. So it takes a lot of work. And that is the analogy for stelliums. It's the area of life where you've got to apply some self-discipline, where you may have some struggles, just like on the days where everybody's eating cupcakes because they're celebrating a birthday party and they're drinking mimosas. And you're like, I can't, I can't give in to that temptation. I'm trying to build a stellium in my muscles here. So that is stellium energy in a chart, right? You can even look at it as the house where you need a little help in. And so universe, God, whatever you believe in, planted a stellium of energy in this area of your chart. It's really cool to look at family lineage with stelliums because like me, my mom and my grandma all have stelliums in the seventh and eighth 
areas of the chart. It's so cool. And if you believe in generational patterns, so many people have the same moon sign as their mom or dad. A lot of people have stelliums in the same quadrant, like the three houses on this wheel of the birth chart. It's fascinating to see. So similar to our Chiron episode, I'm going to fly through stelliums in the houses. And something I'm going to use a little different that you won't find on Google is I'm going to share with you some medicine for when you feel like your stellium is just overpowering you, you're going to reach to the opposite house to bring some balance to it. So let's kick off with the first house. The first house is the house of self. It is the house of me, myself, and I. When there is a stellium in this house, especially when it's personal planets, I should say that as well, guys, the personal planets like Jupiter, Venus, Mars, Mercury, Sun, Moon, when we have a stellium with those guys, it's really strong. When you have a stellium with outer planets like Neptune, Uranus, Pluto, it, the effect is minimal. It's lessened a little bit. So if it's a combination of both, 50-50. There's some strength, but it's not as strong as it could be with all the personal planets. So the first house is the house of self. When we see a stellium in this house, we automatically know, hey, you really came here to develop yourself, your identity. This is a stellium I see in a lot of people who choose to forego relationships or especially to have children because to do things like that takes a lot of self-sacrifice. And these people, their soul is just inclined to do things for themselves, what they want, when they want, where they want. And these people sometimes suffer from being called selfish, full of themselves, narcissistic, ooh, the N-word. They get called this because their soul came here to be developed. And this is why I love the psychological profiling tools of astrology because if you see someone who has a first house stellium and maybe you have a seventh house stellium, so you are very much into relationships and we, and you're trying to form a strong bond with a very me person, you're robbing them of their soul's purpose by saying, you're selfish. You only choose yourself. They're supposed to. This is what they came here to do, right? Do you see how that works? So a first house stellium, the strength here is you came here to develop yourself. You came here to be selfish with your time in a good way. You really came here to figure out who am I? What is the role I want to play in this avatar, in this world at this time? Who am I before what mom and dad told me to be? Who am I before I wanted to be what's trending on TikTok or social media? Who am I? And it's a part of a first house stellium's lesson to get very rooted and have tons of self-awareness. I think of people who, I, I read a lot of young 20-somethings and a lot of them surprisingly are saying, I don't want to be a parent, at least not for a very long time because I recognize that I am in my selfish era. I want to travel. I want to make a lot of money. I want to be successful in something. I want to run a business by 25. And so if I were to be a parent, I would rock it. I would be loyal to my child and put, give it my all. But I would be just, my heart would be so sad that I didn't get to choose me and be selfish with my time. And I 
am just blown away in fascination at the level of self-awareness that some 23, 24-year-olds have by saying, not for me. I don't want to be a parent because I know that I will completely give my entire being to it and lose myself. When you're in your 20s, it's hard. It is hard not to look at your peers, especially if you weren't raised in a family that is a good romantic role model or professional role model. You're just kind of raw dog in life trying to figure out, what, like, what do I do here? How do I have healthy relationships? How do I climb a ladder of success? How, how do I juggle finances? If you were never modeled that in your 20s, when you're just kicked out of college, school, you're on your own, it's tough. And biologically, it's a natural human thing to look around at your peers at what they're doing. And so in your 20s, we see a lot of people getting engaged, getting married on their second, third, fourth kids, buying a house. And you're like, I mean, I guess I could do those things, um, but they don't resonate. It, it sounds a little too much, right? And so in your 20s, if you have the level of self-awareness that says, hey, I'd love to have kids one day, but not till my 30s and doctors and other people are going to tell me that's way too late, but it resonates with me. Or if it's the other way around, if you're brave enough to say, I know I'm young, but I want to be a parent. And this is something I've always wanted to do, right? It depends on your chart. A first house stellium can get out of control when yes, it is a fine line. We don't want to be too selfish, too full of ourselves that we constantly leave a path of destruction with everyone we interact with, with every situation, every job we find ourselves in, right? The first house stellium can get out of control when we are in a relationship and we tell the person we love them. I have a, I want to be with you. I want to create a future with you. Knowing deep down, you're not done dating. You're not done finding who you are through dating, through experiences, Oof, the first house stellium can get out of control when we're at a job and we're like, screw this, I hate this job, I don't want to go there anymore. And you just call or you ghost and you just don't show up without giving in the proper two-week notice, putting in your time and being respectful in that regard. So to heal an imbalanced first house stellium, we reach to the opposite house, the seventh house of we, of relationships, of partnership right? So sometimes first house stelliums, you guys can really figure out who you are through relationship. If you need help with the selfishness aspect of it, be in a relationship and ask your partner, how can I be better? How can I improve? How can I make you feel loved? What is your love language? And practice it. Second house stellium. The second house is the house of money, honey, and it's also the house of possessions and self-worth. So it's the house of money and possessions because it's the house of let me make a lot of money to let me buy things, invest in things, have a good ROI on things, return on investment. And it can be the house of possession, meaning this person is mine, <laughs> A lot of people with second house stelliums, even if they don't have the typical jealous placements like Scorpios or Taurus, these people can be very, very jealous, especially of other people's money, but especially of their own possessions and things. A lot of people with second house stelliums collect things. They have that thing that they collect, that they do. And even if it's not one thing, when they go all in on something, they get the best. A second house stellium. Let's say they're like, okay, I want to be a personal trainer and I need a home gym. They are going to go out 
and they usually have the money to do so since it's that second house of money. And they buy everything that you could possibly need to have a gym without thinking like, hmm, let, let me just slow down and wait to see if this is something I really want to stick with and do. If this is something that I think will be worth the investment here. And so these people with second house stelliums can get really caught up in possessions. They can have possessions everywhere because they go all in with the money to buy all of the things and then don't realize, whoa, I have a lot of things I got to lug around, move around. I've got a little bit over here, a little bit over there. So the second house stellium, the energy here is learning to have self-worth and self-value boundaries with self, boundaries with money. The empowered side of the stellium is you usually are blessed with money. You usually never have to go without. The disempowered side here is that we overspend and we overspend and we give our money away to a lot of people all in the name of self-worth. I buy material items and things that make me look cool, that make me feel good without thinking, do I want this or do I need it? We give away money to people because we want them to love us. We don't want them to abandon us. They're mine. I possess them. So this is where the second house stellium can get tricky here. And this is someone that ultimately needs to learn that the way they create and keep money is by bringing value to other people. Now, when this second house stellium gets a little too crazy, we reach to the opposite house, the eighth house. This is the house of power, the house of shared resources. And so this is learning to share, share in a healthy way, share somewhat your friend, your partner, your parents, your children, learn to let them have lives outside of your possession. Money, learn to get a shared joint bank account with someone and that it's going to be okay. If when the money's good, when the money's not, it will be okay if you trust that person with your finances, right? And this is also reach to the eighth house to learn that your sense of self-worth is always yours to define. Nothing outside of you can ever do that. It is 100% an internal job. Third house stellium, third house of Gemini. The third house is the house of thinking, speaking, writing, intellectual abilities. This is also the house of our siblings. So I see a lot of activity with siblings when I see stelliums here. It's the house of our neighbors, our neighbors becoming our family, house of short trips. But there's also a lot about someone's experience in public school with this house. So when we have a third house stellium, our mind is so powerful. This is a writer, teacher, speaker, a scientist, a researcher, someone who really has a high level mind that they have to use. And remember what I was saying about stelliums, they're superpowers, but that superpower can start, it's like AI, it can start taking control of you if you let it. The third house stellium could be someone whose mind uses them and they succumb to ADHD, OCD, ADD, nervous system disorders, panic attacks. I've seen epilepsy with stelliums in the third house. Your mind is so powerful and it is a hard one. It's, it's a hard one, guys, to tame the mind with a stellium in this house. 
And so this is someone who needs to constantly do puzzles every day, <laughs> Sudoku puzzles. They need to be a teacher, writer, speaker, journaling, and talking out loud is so important for this person to constantly detox the mind. Sometimes these people grew up in households or had a public school experience where they didn't understand why people bullied them or treated them, why their own parents would bully the way they think and speak. And so as a result, it manifests as anxiety as an adult. Like, let me just be mute. I don't want to talk because if I do, it creates tension amongst people and nobody understands me anyway. So it's a tough stellium. But it's a really amazing one if you learn to use it, not let it use you. Now, when this stellium starts to get a little out of control, we reach for the ninth house of Sagittarius. This is learning something new. When you feel like your mind has grown legs and is running circles around you, go get certified in something for fun. Go take a weekend class to get certified. Go study a new subject. Throw your mind into something new. Travel. Go travel to a somewhere you've always wanted to be and go to a museum, go to concerts, go to coffee shops and people watch and take notes about the types of people you see. But it's change your environment. Give your mind a new challenge to learn and master a new subject that you never thought you'd be good at. Learn a second language. Learn Duolingo. I love that app. Go learn a second language to really keep this mind sharp and focused. Fourth house, stellium. Ooh, the house of cancer. Fourth house, stellium, is someone who really came here to master the art of emotions, to really dive into the psychology in the past of their family of origin, especially with mom. These are people who love to champion the underdog. And these are sometimes people who really struggle to grow up, to leave the nest. These are people who sometimes struggle to make it on their own financially and emotionally. These are the, the eternal mama bears of the Zodiac when we've got a stellium in the fourth house. These, on their empowered side, a fourth house stellium is someone you feel so at home with. You know they are going to nurture you. They are going to take care of you. They are going to love you. They will always be there. But the disempowered side with a fourth house stellium is we don't leave the house. We don't leave the home because it's our safe space. It's where we feel at ease and we are not going out into that big scary world because there's so many things that will trigger my emotions. If I see a dead cat on the side of the road or homeless people or mean people at the grocery store, I can't stand it. So I'm just going to stay home. We can be homebodies and then we could suffer and get a little lonely here. Now, these are sometimes people who don't understand because they have such big hearts that they too can hurt feelings of people. They are not people who like to look at their past actions or behaviors. They really, they don't want to accept that they're human and they can cause people pain and hurt. And similar to the second house, this person can be very possessive over their children, over their loved ones, over anyone they nurture and mother, especially if their relationship to their mother was strained growing up because they have this fierce mama bear energy over people that they want to be protective and possessive over them. And no one can love you the way I do. And a lot of fourth house stellium energy can be people who 
really believe, like I love with my entire heart, and they do, they absolutely do, but they get this competitive streak, because don't forget, the fourth house is cancer, and cancer is a cardinal water sign, they're competitive, they're leaders here, but they get this competitive streak of no one can love you as good as I do, no one loves you as unconditionally as I do. And so when they realize that, wait, people I love, and this could be romantic or platonic, they can love other people and other people can make them feel so loved. Oh, no, no. Like, no, I'm number one here in their life. I'm their mother, so to speak. It can be difficult here. We can get really emotionally competitive with this house and it can be heart-wrenching for them to understand that there's different shades of love. Other people can feel like home to those you love, that it's okay to share. So the fourth house stellium, when the emotions tend to drown us, get out of control, we reach for the 10th house. Get out of the house. Go out into the world. Go focus on your career and let those people you love and nurture go do their thing. Focus on your direction in life. Focus on your masculine energy to really balance out this fourth house. Put yourself out there. Focus on your relationship to men, to father, to masculinity, both within you and around you. The fifth house, stellium. The fifth house is creativity, children, ego, arts and entertainment. This is a fun house to have a stellium. It is, but what comes with great fun can also come great fire. When we have a stellium in the fifth house, we are here to learn our three selves. Self-confidence, self-worth, self-esteem. A lot of people with stelliums in the fifth house tend to have a bruised ego, or sometimes their childhood was just so riddled with drama that they never got to be a child. And so as a result, it's difficult for these people to really grow up and take ownership and responsibility because they want to be kids. They never got that childhood. And so as adults, they are addicted to weed, to alcohol, to gambling. They're addicted to the highs of fantasy. And so similar to the 12th house, the fifth house stellium can be people who suffer from addiction to people, to love, to lust. This is the house of affairs. So sometimes these people find themselves in such love triangles, but they're addicted to those dopamine, serotonin hits that comes with lust and secretive and affairs. So a fifth house stellium empowered is an artist. It's someone who chooses to use that addiction to fantasy to create, to be an amazing actor or actress, a singer songwriter, to turn into a completely different person on stage, right? It's the house of the ego, And so sometimes people with fifth house stelliums, they can find themselves in very egotistical situations where they are either acting too much from their ego or they can never seem to find the love they seek and the fulfillment they desire because they're continuously surrounded by people who are too much in their ego. It's the house of children. So of course, these are typically people who either do not want children, get them away, or dream of the day they get to become parents and have fun with children. And what they don't realize is that that's their soul's way of saying, I can't wait to get a childhood through the eyes of my own child, right? So with the fifth house stellium, when it gets out of control and we're slipping into addiction, into the fantasy world, into feeling so 
such a lack of the three selves, low self-esteem, low self-confidence, just feeling awful about ourselves, we reach to the 11th house of friends, hopes, and dreams. We take a good look at the people we are surrounded by. Do they keep us in a perpetual state of addiction to drugs, alcohol, fantasy? Or are they friends who encourage us to be healthy, who encourage our three selves? When we have a fifth house stellium, it is so important that you surround yourself with the right people because you will become them. Sixth house, the sixth house of Virgo. When we have a stellium in the sixth house of health, service, pets, our coworkers, our daily routine, these are people who really came here to practice the art of refinement. These are the people who you can rely on. They are the brown-nosed kids in school. They're just like, school is so easy for me. I breeze right through it, get all my homework done. Even the subjects I don't care for, I will just refine and study and become the best at it to get that 4.0. These are the overachievers at work. They are constantly number one, number one performers. And it looks like they're not even trying. And you're just like, is everything you touch turned to gold? What is it? But... These are people with extreme internal anxiety sometimes. I'm never good enough. I have to be better. These are the people who probably took care of their parents growing up who were like, oh my gosh, I see a lack. I see someone who needs help. I got to show up and do this. Sixth house stellium are typically people who love pets and animals, and they love to give animals and pets the love that they never received growing up. It can be kind of an unhealthy attachment here. But it's also the people who may struggle with health issues that are directly correlated to their emotional well-being. I liken the sixth house to autoimmunity right? Autoimmunity is when the body is attacking itself. And I think, okay, six house stelliums, where have we not taken a break? Where have we not allowed ourselves to rest? Where can we just, kind of like what I was saying in the beginning of the podcast, take a break from astrology, from self-help, take a break so that you don't constantly feel like you are a problem that needs to be solved. You are a human being and it's okay to just be. It's okay to have a string of monotonous days where you're not improving, where you're not getting better. It is okay to ask for help. It is okay to accept help. Sixth house stellium. This is a health house. And so a lot of people, when you guys are researching it and studying it online, you freak out if you've got a stellium in here because you're like, am I going to have cancer? Am I going to be sick all my life? And the answer to that is no, you're not. The first house actually would allude more to the physical body having issues, but the sixth house is health issues that are connected to your emotions. When you have some health issues going on, look at this level of stress in your life. Look at how the emotions you've been experiencing could be manifesting as physical dis-ease in the body. Because normally when you can remove yourself from difficult relationships or leave difficult jobs that are draining you, your physical health immediately pops back to homeostasis with this sixth house stellium. So this is the house of refinement. And if you have a stellium here, relax. You're perfect. You're fine as you are. Don't think that you can't produce any artwork. Don't think that you can't 
chase your dreams because other people are more mature than you. Other people are hardworking than you. Other people just have it and you don't. Don't tell yourself those things. Sometimes those thoughts with this stellium can get so out of control. I see body dysmorphia in this house. And so when this sixth house starts to get a little too overwhelming, we reach for the 12th house of spirituality, synchronicity, subconscious. So when the sixth house gets a little imbalanced, we need breath work and we need isolation. Most of all, we need alone time. We need a weekend by ourselves alone to self-soothe, to not look around and see people and pets and things we need to take care of and nurture and be there for. We need to just focus on ourselves in peace and not have a ton of responsibilities and a checklist a mile wide to take care of. It is so important for solitude and rest when the sixth house gets a little out of control. The seventh house of marriage, love, relationships. Oh, when we've got a stellium in this house, simply put, we came here to master the art of relationships. We came here to learn what it's like to co-parent. We came here to learn what a divorce feels like. Another divorce, another marriage, and another divorce. A lot of people with stelliums here have experienced that. We came here to constantly be in relationship and never single. Or I've seen seventh house stelliums where they are 43 and have never been with someone longer than a year. It all depends. You can either really absorb this seventh house relationship energy or you can push it away because it seems too intense and you are afraid to step into that stellium. I get it. The seventh house stellium is someone who masters the art of seeing themselves in the other. A seventh house stellium person, it's like they walk around the world and every person from people they get to know to complete strangers are walking around with a mirror taped on them. And these people see themselves in every person that they interact with. Some people, they see a really nasty reflection and they're like, oh, I don't like who I am with you. Other people, they look at that reflection and they see youth and beauty and happiness and a glow and they're like, I love being around that person. They really reflect back to me the good parts of myself. But this is the person, similar to the first house, the opposite house of this, that came here to learn relationships partnerships and what the art, the dance that it takes to create them, the communication, the listening, the reactive space, attachment styles. These people came to learn all of those things. Now, speaking of perpetual people pleasing, seventh house stalliums can really lose themselves in the other. And so their medicine is the first house, do things alone. Take yourself out to eat. Take yourself out to the movies. Buy yourself. Take a solo trip. <gasps> Gasp. These are normally seventh house stelliums are people who love to do everything with their partners. They really lose themselves. They're the people who they get in a relationship and their friends are like, all right, well, see ya. It's nice knowing you because now we know we're never going to hear from you now that you're in a relationship. Make sure when the seventh house stallion gets a little overwhelmed, you take time to do things for you. You say no as a full sentence. You figure out who you are without absorbing what the love of your life or your bestest friend, what are they like that you actually don't. It's okay to say you don't. All right, eighth house stallion. I feel like you guys have been waiting for your turn. The eighth house 
is the scary house. Why is everybody afraid of it? The eighth house is Scorpio. It's the house of change, death and rebirth, regeneration, transformation. Yes, of course, it's the house of abuse, psychological, sexual abuse, trauma. This is the house of all the monsters that live under our bed. But you know what? If you just say, fuck it, and you look under your bed and you see, oh, there are no monsters, or the monster was me. I created the monster in my head. And so I was afraid of something that never even existed. It's kind of like anxiety, right? Where we can get anxious over something in the future that may or may not happen. And then when that date comes and it doesn't happen, you very quickly realize that the mountain was you. The monster was you. Because that thing never happened. That's like the eighth house. When we have a stellium in the eighth house, we came here to realize that we can get through anything that we have a choice to turn the nasty moments of life, the abuse, the dark side of humans that we all experience. Eighth housers do seem to experience it more than the average person, but this is what they came here to do, to heal that poison and alchemize it into medicine, to be the person. You know, the eighth house stellium is actually a lucky placement. First of all, it represents someone who usually receives quite the inheritance later in life, but it could be someone who gets windfalls of money through their healing practices. You know, you'd have to look at the rest of the chart, but it could be people who get sudden windfalls of money from books, from novels, from albums, from music production, movie production, where they share stories, right, based off of a true story of pain that they have experienced and turned into lessons artistically for other people to feel not so alone in their own pain, to feel motivated and inspired to get through a dark chapter of their own. It's a really cool house to have a stellium in, I'd say. But the eighth house stellium is someone who must learn that the shadow side of people of earth don't let it turn you cold. Don't let it capture you and hold you prison to everybody sucks. Everyone's going to abuse me. Everyone's dark. Everyone's bad. This is a slippery dark hole that these people can fall into, but you've got to be cognizant and aware of it to say, no, no, no. There can be bad strings, bad years in life, but life is not bad. I'm going to use the things I've seen and been through to appreciate light sunshine people to appreciate the summer of life, both literally and metaphorically. I'm going to use these things to heal other people with my presence alone. You don't have to become a psychologist, although stelliums in here are very good psychologists and healers, but just your listening grounded presence alone, eighth house stellium is very healing for people. Now, when the darkness gets a little too crazy in this house, we want to reach for the second house. Go outside. Nature. Go buy yourself something. Something, not plural. Go buy yourself something. Pull yourself out of your dark cave and say, okay, I'm going to the mall or I'm going shopping or I'm going to look for something that will make me remind myself of the good things in life. It doesn't have to be all healing and trauma and pain and betrayal and darkness. I can go out and buy myself this beautiful dress to where I put that on and the colors and the floral pattern just make me feel alive again. Go outside. Go for a hike. Challenge yourself outdoors to realize, whoa, I just hiked a 14er mountain. 
oh my gosh, there's so much more to life than my pain that I was wallowing in. So reach for the second house. And of course, go make money. (laughs) Go make some money because money is power, whether we like to admit it or not. Money is control. And so the eighth house stellium can really get themselves out of this by being financially set, by having money, by earning money. They feel the power coming back into them. Ninth house stellium. Ooh, a ninth house. Sagittarius stellium. Loves to travel. Loves higher education. Loves to challenge other people's belief systems. Loves a good debate. Has such a thirst for experiences. Everything is an experience for a ninth house stellium. These are my people who go on quote unquote vacation. Not to go sit out by a pool and drink a Mai Tai, but no, no, no. Let's go on an adventure. Let's go have dinner at a local's house who doesn't speak our native language. Let's go immerse ourselves. These are my people who have such big minds, such curiosity. They know no strangers. They know no limits. And these are my researchers, my writers sometimes working in publishing. They want everyone to share their story and they want to put it out there. These are my people who love organized religion. They love spirituality. These are people who own metaphysical shops and crystal stores and have a whole bookcase full of tarot and oracle cards. They can't get enough of it. They love this divination stuff. They love astrology. So cool to them. It's a really fun stellium to have. Now, of course, it has a disempowered side. These are my people who can be dogmatic, who can say, oh my God, organized religion. If I get one more example of how toxic Christians are, I swear, they're all the same, right? The ninth house stellium can be someone who just bunches and judges people together. The psychological profiling of astrology, right? We can say all Libras are like this. All Sagittarians are like that. That's the disempowered side of a ninth house stellium is closed-minded and judgmental, right? Into the profiling. It can also be people who, if they are not traveling, if they're not constantly learning something new, they can be grumpy bumpies. They can be fiery nasty with this. This is the house of expansion. So whatever planets live here, you're going to expand on for better or for worse. So this is one of those houses with a stellium that I really recommend looking at each individual planet and maybe even what aspect is going on with that planet because it can get out of control. It's the house of go big or go home. Of course, guys, if you have a stellium in here and you need help breaking any of your stelliums down, lightworkers-lounge.com. Click on birth chart readings. Click on the advanced so we can really dive deep into the stelliums. But the medicine for when the ninth house is getting a little too big, a little too expansive, is the third house. It's the third house of, hey, let's, let's, zoom, let's zoom in. Let's get into the details. Why do we psychologically profile a certain sign? Why do you hate a certain sign? Is there a part of that that you lies dormant within you and you really wish you can awaken? If you think all Scorpios are psycho, well, why? Is there a part of you that won't own that you are the reason for some of your struggles? Is there a part of you that did something really shameful in the past that you feel a lot of shame over and you just can't seem to forgive yourself or the people that did it to you? What what are we working with here? Let's dive deep into it. We're moving into the third house. 
Of course, this could be healing bullying you went through in the past. Maybe you were profiled and you're carrying that in this ninth house stellium. Reach out to your siblings if you have them and mend a relationship with them. But it could just be reaching out for a book, a podcast. This is where, yes, go through the self-help things if that ninth house stellium is getting out of control. Tenth house stelliums. It's the house of career, father, your direction in life. When we have a stellium in the 10th house, the relationship to our father or whatever masculine figure raised us is strong. It's prominent. Even if your father was not in the picture, well, kind of like that phrase, no response is a response. When there's no father in the picture, you can say like, well, thank goodness that saved my life because my dad was a peace. Well, the absence affects you just as much as sometimes the anger and the negativity does. Aside from father, it's the house of career. It's the house of your purpose, your direction in life. A lot of people are very curious about this house because we all feel a little lost in our direction and our purpose in life because we get caught up in the 3D stuff. A 10th house stellium is someone who is so fixated on their career. This could be a very successful person who gives up today's temptation for tomorrow's reward and has no problem with it. Or it can be someone who feels paralyzed. Analysis paralysis with their work and their profession. They just feel like they are never getting it right. No amount of hard work has ever helped them achieve. A lot of 10th house stelliums are late bloomers in terms of relationships, financial success, purchasing your first home, um, getting married, having children. These are typically late bloomers, either for the reason that they just don't feel like they're worthy of any of those things until they've got their finances and their career right, or they've found that career and they're working so hard at it and they're just so busy that they wake up and they're 35 and they're like, whoa, wait, hold on. I forgot to do that whole married kids thing. I was just so focused on my career. So the 10th house stellium asks us to iron out our relationship to our fathers or masculine energy as a whole and also strike a balance between work and rest. Don't work, work, work and forget your family. Don't work, work, work and forget your friends here. But also let those people closest to you know, like, hey, my career, my purpose in life is what my soul came here to master. I want success. I want to achieve my personal definition of success. It's very important to me that I reach that goal. It's planted in me. It won't go away. And I really need you, friend or partner, to support that I will be working late eight, eight hours. I will be traveling a lot for my career, whatever it looks like for you. A lot of people with stelliums in the 10th house, they're late bloomers because a lot of people, they tend to, opposites attract, right? They tend to go for people who are very much homebodies, who are like, no, I'm fine being a public school teacher because I get the whole summer off to be with my family. I get to relax at home. I get to be with my family. And these people are like, that's great. But like, don't you have ambition? Don't you have goals beyond that? Like, you're really just going to be a teacher and retire as a teacher? And, and then what? They can't understand it. Yet they crave it because these people do need to learn that rest is productive as well. So when we are becoming workaholics or when we're getting so worked up about what is my purpose in life, I just don't know, but I can feel it. It's something big in me. We reach for the fourth house, 
make sure you go home and that all of your things at home, relationships, and have you unpacked the last box, literally and metaphorically speaking, to settle into a home. When we have a 10th house stellium, it is so important that you plant roots somewhere. It is so important that you iron out the best of your abilities. I know this is so different for everyone's family, but the fourth house is your family of origin. If you have a 10th house stellium and you feel lost, go look at your family. What did your mom do for work? What did your dad do for work? Did anybody feel confused or feel like they missed their shot at achieving a dream of success? Ask them for advice on what they wish they could go back and change. Okay. 11th house stellium. Almost through, guys. The 11th house stellium, as I was telling you about the black sheep woman, this is the house of our hopes and dreams, uh, dream utopia world, and our friends, social media, our direct communities. When we have a stellium in the 11th house, either our friends are our family or we lack friends at all. We push them away. It's been a pain point for us. We either have high ideals, hopes, and dreams that we feel like we genuinely have a good shot at achieving, or we feel like we'll never achieve our goals and dreams, and we don't know why they're planted in us, because it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen in this lifetime. You see the empowered and the disempowered side of this stellium? When we have an 11th house stellium, you really came here to prove to people by your actions that what's weird can be normal. This is the house of the astrologer. So a lot of stelliums in the 11th house, I bet you guys are listening right now, taking notes, saying, "I'm yeah, okay, okay, I'm getting to know all these houses because deep down you might want to be an astrologer one day and show people when they say, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a full-time astrologer. What? How do you make a living from what that? Where do you get clients? How do you meet them? What? That's so weird. The 11th house stellium is someone who... Maybe you marry someone a lot older or a lot younger or someone from a completely different country altogether. Or maybe you get with someone and you have a child within the first six months and people are like, uh, out of wedlock, really? And you're like, wedlock, seriously? We're still getting the government involved in our love? No, thank you, says the 11th house. Tell you. These are people who know no strangers, similar to the 9th house. They, everyone is my friend says the 11th house stellium. But the disempowered side of this house can be strong. It can be someone who feels ostracized. Someone who just accepts the defeat of, okay, I've tried to do things weird. I've tried to be confident in my uniqueness, but I am surrounded by such conservative, strict family, by such low self-esteem friends, I'll never admit it, but they do, that nobody encourages my unique expression. And so... I have just succumbed to a life of loneliness. It's me, my cats, and my bird feeders, and we're content and we're happy, but sometimes I do miss the social aspect of being a human. We reach for the fifth house. We are friends with people who are sunshine. We have friends who love drama, theater, the arts. All of our friends are artists, or they're just people who have high self-worth, high self-esteem, high self-respect. Whenever I think of really successful people who have achieved their dreams, these are people who will never call you weird. They will never tell you that any dream you share with them is too far out. It's too much. Now, think of people you know who will say, you want to be a full-time astrologer, a full-time spiritual coach? 
okay, have fun with that. Just the sarcasm, the denial, the negativity, like, okay, well, what's your plan? What's your game plan? How are you going to afford that? What does your three month budget look like? And it's like, Hey, like I get it, but come on, this is a dream. I, I felt safe to share with you. And now you're just kind of shooting it down from the sky. I don't need a full support. I, questioning can be a sign of love and respect for someone, but come on now. The 11th house stellium needs to make sure that they only share their hopes and dreams with people who will encourage it in a positive way that will give them vitality when it comes to their dreams. Okay, last but not least, the 12th house of isolation synchronicity, spirituality, the subconscious, mental health. When we have a stellium in the 12th house, the empowered side of this is we are a walking, talking piece, mosaic of all of our past lives coming together to achieve something very unconditionally loving in this lifetime. The disempowered side is we may struggle to show who we really are to the world. We prefer to operate from a ghost name. We prefer to really Photoshop our pictures and our images and our voice because we are afraid to really come out from the veil, the veil and show ourselves with this stellium. A stellium in the 12th house can be tricky because these are people who, depending on the planets in this house, I would say this is the house that is the most important to dissect with a professional astrologer because this is the house of all things hidden. So let's say your moon is in the 12th house. You may really hide from how you truly feel emotionally. Let's say your Venus is in the 12th house. You may really struggle with showing love and receiving love from people. And let's say your son is in the 12th house. You may consistently be confused about who you are, or maybe you know who you are, but you found yourself in a reality where who that person is, is not encouraged and they just can't come out. So you say, well, I'll wait. I'll wait until life life's situation is better for me to reveal who I really am, or this person feels like they are a prisoner to other people's lives. This is a tricky stellium. Again, I really recommend a professional reading if you have a stellium in this house, because it can get heavy. Being the house of mental health, all of those feelings of, I am in an avatar, but it's not me. Depression is very common with the stellium in here. And it's where your body just craves deep rest because it's tired of playing the role of someone it's not. It wants to feel authentic love. It wants to be able to receive love. If it's your Mars in the 12th house, you don't show anger. You have probably never been around people where if you slam a door or you say, or you say, I am really upset, they encouraged it. So you feel chained and a slave to your anger with Mars in the 12th. Um, Mercury in the 12th, you don't feel like what you have to say matters, or you don't feel like anyone will really understand how you communicate and how you process things, which can be a very, very lonely, isolating place to be by yourself in your own mind. So when the 12th house stellium gets a little too heavy, we're reaching for the sixth house. Get out of the isolation of the 12th house, get a job. Go find a work family. 
right? The sixth house stellium, if you have a work family, it's perfect because these are people you're with eight hours a day or four hours a day, whatever your shifts are, but then you get to go home and be with that real family. But this pulls you out of your, like, it pulls you out of the deepest corners of your mind with the 12th house stellium. And it's the sixth house of all the physical ways of healing, exercise, sweat, drinking healthy water, moving your body, getting a massage, this, uh, taking care of pets. You, you can't say no to walking your dog. You can't say no to not filling your cat's dishbowl up. Like You've got to get up and do these things. So the sixth house can be the area of life that really pulls you out of the heaviness of the 12th house stellium. These are people who can fall into synchronicity and based all of their major life decisions on tarot cards, which is a little... We have to balance feet on the ground, head in the stars with this stellium. These are people who really struggle to operate in this world because it's too dense. It's too heavy. I'm an empath. I'm an emotional sponge. I absorb everyone's energies around me. This is why we have to set boundaries with that sixth house stellium as medicine. Now, the empowered side of a 12th house stellium is, again, this is a singer-songwriter, a poet. This is an artist, sign of an artist, big time. And this is the sign of a psychic, a psychic medium, someone who uses their powerful intuition and very prophetic dream state, I must say. With the 12th house stellium, you have the gift of really communicating with spirit guides through your dreams. I love stelliums here for that reason. Um, to heal people. This is such a beautiful sign of healing people. A lot of 12th house stelliums I've read end up hosting retreats, spiritual retreats, breath work retreats. Um, it's a wonderful stellium to have. Similar to the 8th house and the 4th house, your energy just feels so gentle and calm to people. And you you can find that with a 12th house stellium, you don't you can plan a retreat and you don't need to worry too much about details because your presence alone, just your eyes. People with 12th house stelliums have those Piscean eyes that just make people feel seen in a way they've never felt before. So it's a gift. It is. I hope you don't think it's too difficult here, but it's a gift. All right, guys, that is the podcast on stelliums. What, what house do you have a stellium in? What resonates, what doesn't? I would love to hear from you. Be sure to sign up for our Monday newsletter, lightworkers-lounge.com. Go to the bottom of the website or a pop-up will appear. Sign up for that. Also click on birth chart readings if you would like to dive into your stellium with me because of course this was so surface level. There's much, much more to stelliums. Come see me. We'll sort it out and I will see you guys next episode. Hey, happy March. Bye.